Welcome to the Hockey Dudes Podcast. This is Hayden back with another episode. I've been down, I've been out, but guess what? We don't fret about that. We don't fret about me being down. We don't fret about me being out because I always come back. What do I tell you guys when I leave for a little bit? I always come back and I'm always watching the games. Yes, I saw the Rangers absolutely smoke the jackets for nothing. I saw Elvis clapping it up for Shesterkin at the end of the game. And not going to lie, got into a little bit of a controversy with people on Twitter. I guess they didn't clearly know I was joking when I said I would rather my goalie be smacking his stick across the crossbar like Corpusalo does or cussing out everybody in the shower after the locker room like Bobrovsky does. Apparently people didn't get I was joking when I said that. What I, what I was really upset about with Elvis you know, telling the guys to stop playing in the Rangers game and to just to clap it up for Shesterkin across the ice. What I was really upset about that was I had bet the Jackets that night. Um, I'd bet the Jackets to, to cover a goal and a half, so to lose by one goal. And they had no fight in them for most of the game. It kind of felt like it was just one. It was just another Jackets loss where the Jackets just don't really seem to try. So that was frustrating. And I'd also been going against Shesterkin Fantasy, and you get a ton of extra bonus points if your goalie pitches a shutout. So I just needed that one goal just to avoid a shutout, and I didn't get it. So, yeah, I was a little mad. I was a little mad. I wish Elvis would have been on the same wavelength as me just because as a fan, I'm one, I'm a child, so I much prefer to see a goalie break a stick over crossbar, even if it's just one loss to the National Hockey League, than I would see the goalie just chir- you know, just absolutely bowing down to the other goalie because he had a good game. Elvis, if you're gonna be talking about winning a Vesna, you need to be pitching the good games at the gardens, okay? You need to be pitching at both gardens, T D and MSG, Madison Square. You need to be pitching the good games, not the other way around. That's besides the point. Elvis obviously has been playing fantastic this year, so nothing held against him. Obviously, I, I don't think the game was all his fault. I mean, the Jackets didn't score a freaking goal, so I'm not. I was joking. I was joking, but I was also extremely serious. I would have preferred to see Corp, uh, Elvis break his stick over the over the. Um, I just like emotion. What can I say? I like emotion. I think I think hockey is a perfect stage for players to express emotion I do think it's one of the few sports leagues that leaves room for that and it's not like him breaking the stick would have done any damage to anybody it would have just actually I think inspired the team I think the team would have been like you know what he's right (laughs) but I think that's why they played harder in front of Corpy because I think Corpy played is a great goal. I think Corpy's a great goalie. He showed that against the Devils on Sunday night, two two days later. He's seriously, seriously good enough to be somebody's number one. And it is my understanding that talks are starting to get serious. And I think if he just keeps winning games, that his trade value goes up immensely. And you can make a slide for a team that you know, doesn't have a goaltender that is trying to believe in this season. Maybe the Buffalo Sabres, maybe somehow uh, Kevin Adams 
for some reason, must believe in this team, and he needs a goalie because who do they got over there? Do they got Craig Anderson? Is that their goalie? I don't know. Whoever they got over there, maybe they believe he's not the guy getting it done, so you need to make a slide. I say all that, but I do just want to talk about the Devils game. Obviously, I I didn't just get on here to rant about trades and whatnot. The Devils game was great. The Devils game was great because the Jackets, they kind of grew up a little bit. Um, in the sense that they, well, one, they did what they always do so far this year. After a bad loss, they always come out the next game and respond well and play to win the game. And they're obviously not going to win every single game after a loss this year. At some point, they will lose two in a row. I just want them to play good hockey game, though. Like, I would have been kind of content losing a close one just because the Jackets have lost... You know, they're 5-3 and three at this point, and all three of their losses, they've gotten absolutely smoked. So they haven't had a close loss. And I don't know. I mean, I, I, maybe it's not a good thing for them. Maybe they, maybe if they finally lose a close one, it, it could, you know, damage the team's kind of psyche. Like, oh, maybe we're not as clutch as we thought we were. But from my point of view, I think... It just looks better. Just the next loss, the next loss. Don't let it be getting shabloned. Let's let's let Lucy. Whoa, Lucy's growling. Does she disagree with that take? You like getting shabloned? You like when the jackets when they lose games, just lose them early and and quick. I can kind of agree with that. I guess Lou. You know, like I'd rather just know that we're out of the game right at the beginning. That way, I'm not sticking around believing. I can I can ride you with that, Lucy. I'm actually yeah. Okay, I'm gonna take that take by Lucy. I don't know if you guys could hear her over the pod, but she was growling, and that was when I was saying that I want the next loss to be close. Maybe that's not true. I maybe I don't want the next loss to be a close one. I just here here's here's my point. Here's my point. The Jackets lost a bad one. They did. They lost a bad one. She's still growling at me. Come here. Come here. If you're going to be sassy and want to chirp me a little bit, then get over here. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Jackets lost a bad one in Madison Square Garden. They come back the next night, and they played a good game. I thought they played a much better game against the Devils. Obviously, they scored some goals. That's always a huge sign that they played better. Again, they're getting production out of their top three guys. Their top three guys, while obviously not always playing on the same line, are Bjorkstrand, Voracek, and Line A. They're the top three scorers of this team, without a doubt. I mean, that's that's very clear. It's very obvious. They are involved almost every night. You know, Line A can, has the best shot on the team. Voracek can pass it better than anybody else, and Bjorki just stacks goals. I shouldn't even say... I should say it's fair to say that Line A has the best shot on the team, but Voracek or Bjorkstrand rather is the most consistent player and our and our best scorer. He's he's gonna lead this team in points at the end of the year. I mean, he's just on that trajectory. He he's consistent every night. He finds himself in scoring areas. He he knows how to make the passes too. So Bjorki's gonna end up being the, the top scorer for the Jackets, and then I think it's gonna be Line and then Voracek, and. That's okay with me because those are the, the three players that should be producing. 
if one of those players isn't in the top three, then that means that they had a, a very bad year, a, a year that you just didn't really expect them to have. I expect them to all have good years. Now, of course, I think Zach Rowenski can find himself in the top three for this team. He, he really would have to turn it up. Um, but he's playing at a good clip so far. He took kind of a nasty spill at the end of the game in overtime. But, I mean, he, the only reason he took a nasty spill in front of the net was because he was just trying to get deep in New Jersey sack and, and try to get try to screen the tendy so we can get a G, which I thought I thought that one was going in. I think it was Bjorky that shot it maybe. But uh yeah, no, I thought that one I thought that was gonna be a goal for sure. And then the shootout was just just nice. It's just nice to win a shootout. I just <laughs> for some reason, no matter who the the jackets are going against in a shootout, I just always assume the Jackets are the least skilled team <laughs> in the shootout. But, that you know, frankly, that's not true nowadays. With, with Bjorkstrand, Line and Voracek, that being the order in which they want, uh, you can pretty much get a goal from any three of those guys. And we got it from Voracek the other night, and that was just tight. That was just tight. I love getting a shootout win. That always feels good. I know it doesn't. it's not as valuable in the standings as a regulation or overtime win technically. Um, that doesn't really matter to me. It just always feels good just being a team in a shootout. Like, yeah, that's right. We're slightly more skilled than you. And I think the Jackets are better than the Devils. I do. I think the Jackets are better than the Devils. I think those are the two teams that are going to be kind of jockeying for bottom of the division. But just to beat them was nice, you know, just kind of like, you know, for right now. We're going to be above you guys. We're going to play a little bit better than you guys. And that's the other thing, too. The Jackets got another Metro win. It was another Metro win on the road. Uh, can't actually, before I even move on from this game, I'm kind of saying my final thoughts on all, already. Boone Jenner, we were, we're obviously, we're not winning that game without Boone Jenner with, with his goal. Them trying to clear out of the zone. Boone Jenner just comes and just makes a pick six. That was, <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome stuff. And, that's the kind of stuff that a guy like that can give you. He can give you those plays that just just jump on, just just jump up on you. You know that those are kind of the goals I expect Boone Jenner to get. He's not going to be the guy that makes the crazy good pass or, um, you know, gets a ton of stick handling in front of the net and and scores a pretty one. And he's going to get the the ones that just are hustle goals. That's just what that was. I mean, he just came crashing down. It should have been an easy uh, zone exit by the the Devils. And maybe if uh, they don't try to pass it there up and they try to actually skate it out, maybe there's a chance that they do get it out. But no, they tried to pass it out. Boone Jenner just comes crashing, picks it off, and shoots a quick one that, frankly, was just a good effing shot that Tendi had no time to react on, probably because he had no idea that Boone Jenner could even get a shot off like that unbalanced on the backhand um, or was it the forehand I was on the forehand and yeah just a, a nice overall effort by our captain that's a captain goal that's just a captain's goal right there I forgot that he's our captain and yeah so anyway Jackets get a nice one on the road feels good great ending to a just an awful Sunday I obviously went back up to Detroit again just to get my heart shattered. Imagine, you know, we've all had heartbreaks. Imagine, like, 
the spot that you got broken up with by a person. Maybe maybe some of you guys haven't been broken up with. Maybe some of you guys are undefeated and have never, you know, taken an L. Well, for some of for some of us who have been broken up with, imagine remember that spot? Remember, you know, the setting, the the place that you've, you know, hopefully you have been broken up with face to face. Hopefully your breakups aren't over text or anything like that. Uh, hand up. I have broken up with people over the phone. I'm, I'm a dirtbag. Um, yeah, I suck. But anyway, imagine that, but driving to that place three and a half hours every day, sitting there for four hours and then driving three and a half hours back. Imagine that being your once a week routine. That's my routine with the Detroit Lions. I wake up in the morning. I actually tell myself that I'm going to have fun today. I drive three and a half hours up to where I got my heart broken the last time. I get my heart broken again for four hours. Watch just an awful, awful, re- like, and the memories never get better. They only get worse every time I drive up to Detroit for a game. And then just driving all the way back. I was so depressed. I was kind of drunk and I was watching the coach just absolutely just horns down the, de- the devils. Horns, horns down. Horns, horns to the floor, devils. Horns to the floor. This is, this is not your division to be second to last. This is our division to be second to last. And that's just the thing with the Metro is everyone is important, but you sit there and you just look at it and it just slowly hits you that there's just no chance, right? There's just no chance the Jackets can do anything in the metropolitan division later in the year. These teams are way too deep. They're way too good. It's, it's going to be tough. You're going to have to win the games against the, the other teams in the Atlantic. You're going to have to win games against teams from the West. Jackets still on the road. They, they got, you know, I'm glad that they get these two games against the Avs out of the way here early in the season it would be just fantastic while they're down and not playing that well to get at least two points in this two game stand with them. Hopefully you get three points and uh, I wouldn't expect it to happen, but you know, maybe you do, maybe you do get four points, but just get, just get at least two, just get at least two points in these next two games against the Colorado avalanche. And I'll still believe I'll still be, I'll still be riding. I'll still be riding the jackets. I, I think any team that can consistently win really close games, I think that team can be dangerous. I think that team can be dangerous. I think that team can make the playoffs. I think they're a long, long way from being a Stanley Cup contender. Um, At least two to three months of playing really, really well. They'll have to play really, really well over the next two to three months. Like They'll have to win... A, l- a lot of Metropolitan games will have to uh, win pretty much every game at home for the next two months and get get a lot of uh, shootout losses or overtime losses. Get a lot of points, steal some points in games that you probably shouldn't. And uh, just be a point-of-game team. They'd have to do that over the next couple months for me to say, yeah, it's a Stanley Cup contender. Like I said, they've had three kind of blowout losses where they didn't look good. They didn't have any fight. And... You know, maybe uh, it's like what Lucy said. Maybe Lucy is speaking truth over there on her little chair. She's just napping right now. She looks like a little, 
like pumpkin roll. That's what she looks like. I got pumpkin rolls in the fridge. I might devour one after I get done with this. But yeah, no, Jackets still obviously alive on the season. Uh, I'm still excited. Even if they would have lost that game to the Devils, I, I still would be excited for this team because they score power play goals, they win in shootouts, and, you know, they tell Gary Bettman to, hey, F off. That was awesome, by the way. That is a thing that the NHL does. They let players, whenever they're in New York, to visit the NHL headquarters and uh, have a chat with Gary Bettman just about, you know, kind of whatever they want to talk about. Gary Bettman puts it on his podcast, and no, I'm just kidding, Gary Bettman doesn't have a podcast. If Gary Bettman did have a podcast, I would 100% not listen to it, though. (laughs) I actually like Gary Bettman, that's not true, I'd totally listen to it. I mean, that'd be electric, first of all, for the commissioner of the league to have a podcast. Imagine him giving out takes on the Blackhawks (laughs) while this is going on. (laughs) That would be incredible. This is the a podcast official stance on the Blackhawks situation, by the way. This is my official stance, okay? One, it absolutely tarnishes the Blackhawks dynasty. Um, for one, it definitely tarnishes uh, Joel Quenville's legacy. It tarnishes Stan Bowman's legacy. It, sta- it tarnishes the Blackhawks' franchise for just for now just for as long as kind of Kane and Taves are there that that will always be a little bit tarnished I don't think those guys I don't think those guys' legacies are tarnished just because yes can we assume that these players might have known about what was going on or have heard whispers in the locker room you know it's kind of like it's 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 hard. It's hard. It's hard to feel like you should step in and do something. Now, could they have? Could a, what? Do I wish a guy like Patrick Kane would have stepped in and, and done something? Obviously, I love Patrick Kane. I think he's the greatest American hockey player of all time. And for him knowing that he didn't stick up for uh, Kyle Beach, the young man that was being sexually abused by that freaking video coach that scumbag that played or was coaching for the Blackhawks at the time yes I obviously wish Patrick Kane would have stepped up but I'm not going to make the situation about them I'm not going to say they should have done this or they should have done that because who knows maybe they didn't know maybe they thought the situation had been resolved you know they were they the players were in the midst of a cup run they're the only ones that I can excuse for they were just, you know, trying to focus on on the game. They were just trying to show up night in, night out, and just focus on practice. So I, I can I can understand. I can understand from their point of view. I do not understand from the coach's view. Like the coach is always thinking about more than just what's going on in the game. The coach has got to think about a million things at a time. You're telling me Joel Quenville couldn't have at least once, like poked his head into the situation and and tried to figure out what's going on between your first round draft pick and that you brought up from the AHL, making sure he's comfortable being at the team, making sure he's in the right mental headspace to go help you win a Stanley Cup. And just for, you know, caring about a player, caring about a young man in general. You thought that, 
you know, anytime a guy like Joel Quinville is watching a young man break it through in an industry that you know is very hard for you to make it in, you do whatever you can to make sure to take them under your wing and just, yeah, that's just not what a coach is. A coach is not a guy that turns away from his players who are down bad, and Kyle Beach was down bad, and Joel Quenville did nothing. So, totally fine with him not being the Panthers coach. Obviously, Gary Bettman made a swift decision. I, I don't know if he made the final decision, but I'm sure he told the Panthers what they had talked about, and obviously whatever they had talked about was enough for the Panthers to decide to make the move they did. And, hey, I commend the Panthers, especially for as – good as they've played this year you know they could have easily also have just been like no we're, ju- we're just gonna ignore this no they didn't they were out in front of it good on the panthers good on the panthers um that's just what you gotta do that's just what you gotta do you just gotta cut them off anyway so there was that there was my take on that um you can hear gary bettman's take on that on his podcast that he doesn't have or that you don't think he has, that I know he has, that I listen to. Spin that in your cereal. Uh, no, Jack Roslevic, three guys sat down with Gary Bettman just to have a chat. Not in front of cameras, not in front of a microphone, but we do know what they talked about. It was Cole Sillinger, Jack Roslevic, and Sean Corrale. How awesome is that? You get a young guy in the, in the league, uh, a rookie sitting down. He probably, I don't know if Cole Sillinger, over under on words said in that interview, probably like six and a half. He probably said, hey, how's it going? Oh, yeah, going good. Like That's probably all Cole Sillinger said to Gary Bettman um, because it sounded like it was a lot of Jack Roslevic and Sean Corrale talking about, and they asked him kind of what's the holdup getting a an outdoor game in Columbus. This was Sean Corrale who asked this and good for Sean for just straight up representing the people and just asking what's going on? Like why can't why can't we get an outdoor game? We have one of the most classic venues in all of sports here in town and you've been going around to other classic venues and why isn't Columbus gotten one? Columbus could easily sell it out they could easily find a good opponent that is, you know, located nearby in either Detroit, Chicago, or Pittsburgh, and they would obviously bring a lot of their bandwagon douche fans there. Why, why wouldn't, why can't we get this going? And Gary Bettman apparently didn't have, <laughs> Gary Bettman apparently didn't have a, a lot to say, but what he did say kind of made a little bit of an of an up of an of an uproar to say the least, here in Columbus. He said the, there's a plumbing issue with Ohio Stadium. That's the holdup, is that Ohio Stadium does not have plumbing that's good for the winter. First of all, what is he talking about? What what's this guy talking about? Are you saying, like, plumbing, like, the like you can't put water down? You, you can't... There's not a, a nearby hose or, or a faucet to put 0.75 of an inch of ice down on the ground? Like, that kind of plumbing? Like, what What are you talking about? Are you talking about, like, the, the coolant that goes in the pipes that keeps the ice cool underneath the ice? That's how they do that? Is that what you're talking about? Like, or are you talking about, like, the plumbing 
like we can't have fans there because none of the it's just gonna be clogged toilets everywhere. Like what what are we saying here, Gary? I need to get a follow up on this. I need to get a follow up on this. And what a great way for Gary to tease his podcast. This would be great. This would be the best time for Gary to start a podcast. Gary Bettman, if you're listening to this, I fully support you starting a podcast. Um, but no, I just thought that was interesting, especially because, you know, a little bit of a slap in the face considering the fact that you did just have an outdoor game on a golf course in 60-degree weather in February in Nevada. You you did make that happen. <laughs> You found a way to make that happen. You're telling me that that golf course has better winter plumbing than Ohio Stadium, which, you know, regularly hosts outdoor sporting events in the month of November. I don't know. If, I don't know if Gary Bettman's been to Columbus in November. It can it can get it can get pretty chilly. It can get pretty chilly. It was cold this morning. It was February one, and we were already dealing with like 35 degree weather in the morning. So, yeah, I mean, Gary. Why I believe that might be true, like I believe maybe 5% truth, the fact that he had an answer right away believes me that this could be a thing, but also you're a douchebag because you just played a game on a golf course. Just please explain to me how a golf course has better winter plumbing than than, uh, Columbus, Ohio's college football stadium. I would love to hear it. Some of you guys chimed in and said, if the CFP ever expands and the Buckeyes play a home game in January, I would like for Corrali to bring this up to Batman again. Uh, yes, good point. Good point. <laughs> I mean, the Jet, you tell me that the the Buckeyes will never be able to host a home game in the month of January with this new playoff? So stupid. Uh, Scott replied to the tweet and said, I don't fully buy this because I doubt Fenway, Wrigley, Michigan Stadium, and Notre Dame Stadium really have any more winterized Ohio State than Ohio Stadium. What about the Cotton Bowl down in Dallas? Is that more winterized? Is that do they have good enough pipes to to freeze? I, I I don't know. Also, are you telling me that the CFP expanded playoffs OSU will just say, sorry, can't host here, pipes will freeze? Yeah, that's a good point. Is that what they're worried about? The pipes freezing? Don't you want your pipes to freeze? Gary? Gareth? Isn't that isn't like the more things are able to freeze, the better? You're telling me you wouldn't have like a little bit of natural ice in Lake Tahoe? Just like a little bit of just, just you know, ice that God can make because he knows how to freeze water whenever he wants? You're telling me we can't, you tell me that's a bad thing if we get a little frozen ice? Come on, Gary. Come on, Gareth. What a noob. That, the more I'm thinking about it, the more just newbie of a comment it is. And I'm, I got highlights going on on the TV, and it's just Cam Atkinson just tucking one between Sergei Bobrovsky's legs earlier in the year when the Flyers hosted the Panthers. Uh, Cam Atkinson off to a good start on the year with Philadelphia, by the way. That was not unexpected. He'll go cold. He'll go cold. He'll go like 15 games where he doesn't get a point. And we'll sit here and we'll be like, yeah, thank God we got a guy that can get a point at least once a night, pretty much, with Jakob Voracek. Thank God. Thank God we got a guy that knows how to pass it on a power play. Um, which, I, did you guys watch that uh, Behind the Battle, season two or episode two, which featured the moment when Cam got traded from Voracek? I mean, is my take not dead on that 
Yarmo Kekalainen is addicted to trades. He thought about that trade for legitimately 25 seconds. No, he thought about that trade by himself alone for about six seconds before he decided to call a little conference meeting. And the guys that were sitting there talking to him, John Davidson being one of them, knew that they just had no chance at talking Yarmo off that trade. It was a good trade. It was a good trade. I, I believe... Yeah, I think everything Yarmo said in that was enough. You got a bigger player in Voracek. You uh, got a better passer. Changes the complexion of your team. And it has. And it has so far. So credit the huge balls on Yarmo. They're so big. His balls are so big. God, I love Yarmo. He's awesome. All right, that about does it. Jackets play the Avs on Wednesday night. They play in Colorado don't know what I'm going to bet that night. We'll probably stay away from the Jackets just because Colorado can be pretty dangerous and they like to score quickly. I could easily see them being up 2 nothing in the first five minutes of the game and me just really, really desperately wishing I could go back in time and taking back my $1 bet I put on the Jackets to win. So... I'm not going to bet the over, too. Overs, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention. Overs have been doing awful so far. It's been a lot of unders. I don't know why that is. Um, I tend to think that the ice is fast in Colorado. I tend to think that the puck moves a little bit faster, you know, because I don't know if you know this about Colorado. Fun fact, it's mile high. It's a mile above sea level. Did you guys know that? I knew that. My brain is massive. Um Come on, if you didn't know that, you just haven't been watching sports ever. Every game that is featured in Colorado, they always talk about how it's a mile high. That's that's a good prop bet. Over under two and a half times that it's brought up that they're a mile high on the broadcast. I think I'm going to take the over. I think I'm going to take the over. Jody might just bring it up on his own. Over under one and a half uh, personal stories Jody tells about them being in Colorado one time. That's a good over-under as well. Uh, prediction of that game, though, I'll take the Jackets. I'll take the Jackets 3-2. I'll take the Jackets 3-2 on Wednesday night in Colorado. I think Colorado is not playing to their fullest uh, capabilities right now. And I think the Jackets are going to surprise me. I think the Jackets are going to get up for that one. I think it's a little bit of a look ahead. It's their first Western Conference opponent on the road. So that should be pretty exciting for the Jackets. And, yeah, I think maybe Colorado might just be chalking this up as a W because they think the stinky, low-level, sweatro-dweller Blue Jackets are coming to town. But guess what, bitch? It's the Coats. It's the Coats. It's not the Blue Jackets. It's the Coats. You got the Columbus Blue Coats. All right. Lucy, any final comments? No, sound asleep, sound asleep. All right. Um, tell your dog to listen to the hockey dudes, by the way. Oh, oh, also, I want to say this before I get out. Um, I'm seriously, seriously wanting to add another full-time person to this podcast. I I love what I'm doing right now, you know, bringing on guests before every big game whenever I can get a chance to talk to a fan of another team I love bringing in other Blue Jackets fans on the show I love bringing my friends on the show I obviously love whenever Tommy can get a chance to come on but for the most part I just I don't really have anybody 
that I could have full time on the hockey dudes. And I know we got a lot of passionate people out there about the Blue Jackets. I know we got a lot of passionate people that listen to this podcast. And listen, it doesn't take a lot for you to do a podcast with me. I mean, I just, I like to just kind of chill and talk about the coats. And as long as you know your stuff, not even know your stuff, as long as you're a fan of the team, like a genuine fan of the team that watches every game. And I mean, not, you can miss a game every now and then, but like you, you make time to know exactly what's going on in the jackets. That's all it really takes, man. It, it doesn't take a, a booming voice. It doesn't take, you know, witty jokes. I can just dummy you. I can, you, I can just have you on and I can just skate circles around you. That's good enough for me, but I would love to have another person on this podcast at some point. Um, uh, and obviously if you listen to this part of the episodes, you're a fan. So feel free to DM me, uh, feel it out a little bit. I, I need you to be able to do it in person though. That's the thing. I, I, I absolutely need to be doing this podcast in person with another co-host. I think that would be, uh, extremely great for this podcast and until then, it's going to happen at some point. At some point, I'm going to get a second person in here. And we're just going to chop it up about the coats and the rest of the league. And it's going to be great. It's going to be great. We're going to drink so much beer. It's going to be awesome. Maybe not too much beer because then I'll start live betting. And I pretty much am like O for a million whenever I make a live bet. I've hit one good live bet in my life. And it was big enough that it bought me a TV. I was also extremely drunk during it. And gonna be honest that's probably not a good thing that's probably why i keep also betting when i'm really drunk because i think i'll just recapture that magic but ultimately i just got really lucky (laughs) i just got really lucky but hey a really cool guy i once knew always said i'd rather be lucky than good and on that note i'd rather be lucky than good and hey maybe i'll get lucky and maybe one of you uh dudes or dudettes out there will message me and probably not a dudette probably not a dudette not gonna lie I don't think my wife would like me having well I don't know I don't know if my wife just even likes me we'll see TBD TBD on if my wife likes me I will let you guys know the second that I find out but TBD we love each other we she loves me but I don't know if she likes me I'll let you guys know I'll let you guys know TBD on that one. All right. uh, I've been talking too long. Tell your dog.